0: Hello, my name is Casey Garland. I am 20 years old. I am a sophomore at Super Rock University where I major in early childhood special education. And in this podcast, I will be talking about an interview that I had with a teacher and we will be covering how oral development is demonstrated in a classroom setting, but we will get to that further into the podcast.
1: Hello, I'm Keena McNally, and I'm an early childhood and special education major. For the podcast, I did an interview and an activity with children to see what oral language development looked like in students, but we will see that later in the podcast.
2: Hello, my name is Charlotte Stevens. I'm 20 years old from Pittsburgh, PA, and I major in early childhood education. Today's podcast, we will be talking about observing oral language development. The three topics we will focus on are what oral development is, where the kids should be around the ages three to four, and what stages they should be transitioning to.
3: Hello, everyone. My name is Anaya Kurd, and for my area of the podcast, I will be introducing what oral development is. So, oral development is when children develop their own oral language skills, and they're basically starting to understand the grammar and the structure rules and, you know, like how where words go in order to make it a correct sentence. And children say their first words between 12 and 18 months, but they begin to say more complex sentences by the age of like four, or four or and a half. And by the time they start kindergarten, children know most of the fundamentals of their language. So they'll be able to converse easily with someone who speaks as they do or like someone like their age. And for uh, personal experience, I really can't think of much but when I was in kindergarten, I remember that we used to get tested, and we basically had to just say, like, our address. It was basically the address. And for that, I lived on Prospect Street, and I literally could never get my peas right. Like, every once in a while, I'd get them right, but I was just so embarrassed And when it was my turn to say my address, because this was like one-on-one with the teacher. She'd call you up to the desk and you would just speak to her like that. So when it was my turn, I was like, I know no one can hear me, so I don't even know why. Like, I'm so nervous to say it. And in my head, I'm practicing it, practicing it, practicing it because I knew I was coming up next. So I go up there and I went to go say it and I knew it was not coming off my tongue, right? So I was like, you know... I'm not gonna say it, and I didn't. And she asked me, where do I live? And I said, 201. And she said, what's your street? And I said, I don't know. And she's like, but you knew yesterday. And yesterday I said it right, and I was like, yeah, I just forget. And she shows me it, and she's like, can you read this? And I say, no, don't know how, because I was just so embarrassed to say my P wrong. But then the whole time, like the rest of the day, I practiced my peas in my head whole time after school, practice my peas in my head. And the next day, it was my turn again, and I was so excited because I actually knew that I was gonna say it right. And when she called on me, I said it correctly.
1: When I was a child, I experienced oral language development in my classroom. I remembered being in school and working on my sounds or other forms of speech. I was a very shy child and I didn't want to talk to anyone but my parents. My teachers knew I needed to work on my oral language in order to better my communication with my peers and teachers. So I would be taken out of the classroom to work on speech. With the help of games, workbooks, and tests, my oral language improved to where I didn't need to keep working on my oral language. I was able to develop a communication with others around me. As a child, working on my own oral language development helped me a lot with my school. As a teacher, I hope to be able to help students with what they struggle with so they can succeed in school as well.
2: My personal experience with oral language as a child is that if I had a hard time saying words, I would actually make up new pronunciations of that word. So instead of saying yogurt, I would say yogurt because for some reason it was easier for me to say it that way. But now that I'm older, thankfully, I no longer have that problem.
0: For my personal experience, I kind of fall in the same area as Charless and Anaya. Um, when I wouldn't know how to pronunciate words, I would just make them up as I went. So if I wanted to say pizza and I couldn't say it, I would say Iza. But um, how I relate to Anaya's point is that if I wasn't confident in pronouncing the word, I would pretend that I didn't know it just so that I didn't embarrass myself in front of everyone or in front of the person that I was talking to. But as I got older, I kind of practiced um, speaking in front of people or speaking into the mirror just so that I knew that I could say all the words that I was going to say to the person I was talking to or for a presentation. But I think that was one of my biggest milestones when I was a little was being too afraid to pronunciate words and also not um, pronouncing all the letters in the words so that people knew exactly what I was talking about.
1: what oral language looks like in kiddos, I did an activity with children to experience it hands-on. I did an activity with Chloe and Madison. Chloe is six years old and is in kindergarten and Madison is five years old and is in preschool. How to play the game is you place the cards face down. Each player picks a headband to put around their head. Then each player takes a card from the deck and without looking, they put the card in their headband so all the players can see the picture. On your turn, you flip the timer over and ask each player a question to help identify the cards you have. Then the game continues with each player asking questions until someone can guess what they are. What I observed in this activity is both girls sat and listened to the rules of the game. Madison, who was five years old, asked more questions about the game than her older sister, Chloe. The game recommended that players should be eight plus years old, but the girls understood the directions and the rules once we started playing. Both girls were able to communicate questions and discuss thoughts on the games with me or with each other. The girls were able to answer questions that I had for them. Madison had more trouble with answering questions like, does this animal live in the ocean? She was unsure of where animals lived <laughs> as we played the game. If anyone is curious, Chloe won the game at the end of the activity.
0: So for my interview with the teacher at the school that I interviewed. Her name is Miss Lewis and the first question that I asked her was how does she provide instruction and support for students who are not fluent in speaking or a little bit shy and her answer to that question was differentiate is the key to effective instruction for all students. Students of varying proficiency levels can learn the same content when the teacher provides a wide range of learning opportunities for students with different academic and logistic needs so the three things that she listed were modifying the text creating grouping structures that set students up for success and targeting the amount of nature of student support and then the second question that i asked miss lewis was what kinds of activities does she do to help students develop their oral language and oral reading and her answer to that was a low anxiety environment repeated practice comprehensive input and drama these are all important components of setting children up for success in language development so she broke down the three different um, areas that she listed, and she said that a low anxiety environment includes a setting where students feel nurtured and supported by their teacher and peers, and in turn they feel safe to take tasks without their fear of being laughed at or made fun of. And then she goes on and say, repeated practice is just like what it sounds. Students need repeated practice hearing and using a new language. They need multiple opportunities to comprehend and express their ideas in a new language, like with any. Th- new that we learn, practice helps us get better. Comprehensible input, as explained above, means finding different ways to make what is being said comprehensible and easier for understanding. Things to consider with comprehensive input might include using speech that is appropriate for students' language proficiency, providing a clear step-by-step explanation of tasks, and using a variety of techniques to support their understanding. And then lastly, drama. Drama. Or a sense of excitement and engagement can be found in activities like dramatic play, puppetry, narrating, wordless picture books, and etc. All these activities also have other three factors embedded within them. These activities insist in the development of oral language, in addition to introducing students to oral reading and rich literacy experiences and responses in a classroom setting. So the one thing that I liked about me and Miss Lewis's interview is that she. Um, listed three things that are personable for her classroom that could work for anybody who wants to be a future teacher and need a little guidance on how to instruct and practice oral language for their future students.
2: Hello, everyone. We have just come to the end of the podcast of Observing Oral Language Development, where we discussed our personal experiences, learned the meaning of oral development, and even listened to the interviews that Katie and Casey were a part of. I hope everyone listening learned something new today, and I want to give a big thanks for tuning in.